Welcome to Curious Not Furious. I'm Louise Brooks, parenting coach and family advisor, and a mom of two. I support parents to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids through one-to-one sessions, online courses, and workshops. And here, where I take on the hard questions and offer actionable strategies and inspiration that can help you in your parenting. Welcome back, dear listener, to the Curious Not Furious podcast. It's been a little while since I have taken to the microphone, at least for this podcast. And the reason for this is because about three weeks ago, I once again launched the four-week online parenting course, Boost Your Child's Self-Esteem, which I'm running live at the moment to a handful of wonderful parents. And I had the idea to turn this into an online product that you can buy and access and make use of in your own sweet time. And I think that's going to be particularly useful over the summer period where maybe we can't commit to showing up to live sessions once a week and where our time is spoken for and where we're going to find that we perhaps needed some support. We need some help. We want to be checking in with our parenting but at the same time it feels like there's not a lot of time to devote to to a a regular schedule so I'm very excited about that and it's obviously taken a bit of my time as an add-on to what I do on a daily basis which is my one-to-one sessions with parents one of the beautiful things about allowing myself to take to the mic about a, a particular topic and really sink my teeth into it for such a long time is that it sparked so many ideas, so many examples, so many ways of putting ideas together and seeing things in new ways. The course is is one I wrote about two years ago, and it's been really interesting to me how in reintroducing it and re-offering it, I can map my own journey and my own deepening of my own understanding of these concepts and how I'm putting things together in new ways. So... While I'm sure that the people who did the course about two years ago felt like it was really great, that's the feedback nevertheless, I'm more excited about launching it today because, you know, we live, we learn, and we change all the time. So today I want to share a little snippet of one of the concepts that I bring up on this course. I want to share that with you because I think it's pertinent to all of us, really, whether we're concerned about our child's self-esteem or not. I think most of us, when we consider self-esteem, is something we believe that we boost in our children in good moments. It's through praise, it's through statements that are intended to make our child feel good about themselves and give them a boost, give them uh, some support. What is easier to forget is that self-esteem is very much born out of the hard moments in life. It is often in how we show up with our child in their moments of struggle. And that's why on the course, one thing we're looking at is how do we traditionally do that? How do we, in traditional parenting, and also in the kind of parenting and and relation to children that we see in nurseries across the UK, but also in school systems, how do we traditionally as adults relate to kids 
in their moments of struggle, when they're not showing up in their finest hour, when they're engaged in misbehaviors and unwanted behaviors, what does that look like? And in unpacking that, we establish that that behavioral paradigm really dictates that we praise the good stuff. And that sometimes also include the what we call the positive emotions, the good emotions, you know, being calm, child being happy, child being being patient. And conversely, with the misbehaviors, with the things we don't want to see our child engage in, we work on the assumption that if we take things away, we're going to create an incentive for our child to behave better. And the thing that we traditionally take away could be their favorite toy. It could be their favorite part of the day, something they're looking forward to. It could be our presence. It could be that they need to go and sit in another room. It could be that they need to go on the naughty step. It could be the risk of losing something to do with the future. But in every single case for it to work, we try and find things that our child cares enough about that they're willing to forego what they're doing in order to keep what they really want, what they care about. And while some children are impervious to these kinds of threats and this kind of way of responding to their misbehaviors, which is maybe an episode for a different time, the majority of children will generally give up on their own agenda and what's going on for them in order to comply and stay connected to mom and dad. And this works in particular if we're willing as parents to keep escalating the threat. So the threat we give a five-year-old might be about losing, you know, the iPad for an hour or not having ice cream after dinner, which might not work on a 15-year-old who has the autonomy to override what we're saying and might just need to be grounded for a whole year for it to have the same kind of gravitas and, and affect that person the same way. Now on the course, we explore reasons why we do this and we bring in a lot of compassion for ourselves and we just bring some light to this and really examine, okay, so how we do things now, in the here and now, is that creating the intended effect we want to have long term. One of the biggest takeaways from this course is a newfound appreciation for the complexity of our child and not in order that we can let them off the hook and they can get their way all the time, but because we begin to understand something really central about us human beings. And this is what I want to give you today, because what I'm about to share with you in a second pertains to all of us to a greater or lesser extent. Lesser if we have awareness of it, but it still exists, I would argue. It's called the fundamental attribution error. And it's a fancy term that we use in psychology to describe, really, what it is that goes on between us, ourselves, and whoever we're in relationship with, whether that be our partner, or in this case, our child. Because as human beings, we have a tendency to view other people's behaviors as a sign of who they are. So if my child is not listening to me, it's because they're rude. If my child is not saying thank you and smiling when I give them something, it's because they're ungrateful. If my child hasn't tidied up their room, even though I told them to, it's because they're lazy and they think that I'm a servant. So conversely, if we're to look at this ourselves, if we were to exhibit any of the same behaviors, we're way more likely to attribute that to circumstantial reasons. 
So the reason I didn't make my bed this morning was because I was running late, because I had a million and one things to do and because one of the kids called me. It's not because I'm a sloppy person. And the reason I didn't listen when you talked to me was not because I was trying to ignore you and you don't matter to me, but it was because my mind was elsewhere. I was thinking about the shopping list I need to create for tomorrow and too much was going on at the same time. Or maybe I didn't hear you. This is the fundamental attribution error and we all come into contact with it on a near enough daily basis. Just observe yourself in traffic and notice that if someone cuts out in front of you, if they're rude, if you do the same, it's likely because you can see you didn't really see that person in time. You didn't have enough time to apply the brakes and to make the decision in that snapshot. Just begin to notice. And I think you're going to find that you'll laugh a lot of the time when you begin to see how it works, how unfair we can be in our judgments of other people. Now, why is this interesting when it comes to our kids? And why is it interesting in relation to our child's unwanted behaviors? Well, it is because how we think about our child when they are doing things that we don't want them to do, or when they're not doing what we're asking them to do, how we think about them in that moment largely determines how we show up in that moment. If we believe the things that I listed first, that they are rude, they're lazy, they take us for granted, it acts as a bit of a gas on a fire. It fuels our anger. It minimizes our capacity for curiosity and for an open mind to hear our child out or to understand things better. So before we even begin to adopt scripts for what we can say to our child in those situations and before we concern ourselves with you know, the correct way of parenting in those situations, start here. Start here by acknowledging the fact that usually people do what they do because there's a good reason for them. There's usually something going on underneath any type of behavior, be it a wanted or an unwanted behavior, that means that for that person, that's the best they can do in that moment. And especially so for children. And what would help us here is to do what I call this podcast, Get Curious, Not Furious. Create an MGA, which stands for the most generous assumption about the person you're relating to, whether it's your partner or your child or friend, someone out in traffic. It helps every time to reduce the escalation of anger and stress and indignation that builds up in our system the minute we see things are not going the way we had hoped they would go. And when we do that, it's the difference between thinking about our child who hasn't tidied up their room despite saying they would, to say instead of so rude, so entitled, you quite clearly take me for granted and think I'm a maid around here. Creating an MGA, most generous assumption about this, would be to get curious and consider the fact that maybe this task was too big for my child to motivate themselves to do in that moment. We underestimate the fact that children very often, when it's to do with executive functioning tasks and things to do with planning and organizing, need a lot more hand-holding than we are prepared to give them and might need us to be in the room at the same time or need us to give them a verbal prompt. Or we could be curious about what might be going on for them. Were they doing something else that they deemed important? Or, and this is no small thing for a child, were they engrossed in something else that was more desirable. When things are desirable for a child, it is infinitely harder to motivate themselves to do something that is not as exciting. 
So that requires often help, not blame and shame, not consequences, but loads more help and loads more scaffolding to help them succeed at it. And this is not about lowering the bar and then making excuses and then letting your child get away with murder at all. We can arrive at the same place, but through different routes. Another example of MGA and what curiosity could do for us in situations like that would be to consider looking at our child's shouting or incensed anger, not as a sign that our child is disrespectful, rude towards us, but getting curious about what might be going on for my child right now. What is he fearful of? Is there a fear that he's not being heard? What is he angry about? Is there sadness underneath the anger? There could be a number of possibilities underneath that. And that's not to say any of these situations that we gloss over and that we relax our boundaries. We can absolutely still hold our child accountable to some boundaries that keep everyone safe and we ensure that the morale is not dropping and we can take a break on the communication. But the minute we come from the MGA mindset, it's felt by the other person. And it's felt because we're not coming in with the same level of charge. We're not coming in with an attacking energy that's only going to combust and fuel existing anger and make everyone even more dysregulated. It's not easy. It's absolutely not easy. But this is one of the surest ways to begin to lay that foundation for responding differently. We can start now, even if we don't know what to say exactly in those moments, what to do precisely, and we're still kind of getting it wrong, and what we're saying doesn't feel like it's paying off or whatever, we can start by noticing our mindset. And we can start in small and less triggering situations. We can start with people who don't really matter that much to us, passers-by, people we meet in the street, things we conclude about other people, or we hear other people conclude about other people. And we can begin to notice this fundamental attribution error and bring awareness of it into our lives and you'll see things shift. When we begin to meet our child more in this way, what will happen is we change the inner critic that really gets established early on in life based on the kind of approach we take to their wrongdoings, to their big feelings, to their moments of struggle. And when we can begin to soften that inner critic, we give them the gift of being more self-compassionate in the future. We give them the gift of considering their self-worth to be high enough that they attract things and people and circumstances into their life that matches how they feel about themselves. Curiosity, if there was one thing that I could gift all parents in the world, including myself on a permanent basis, that would be it. Curiosity is the antidote to misunderstandings, to a lot of hurt and to a lot of suffering. And it opens our perspective. And it, when we have a more open mind, we can have a more open heart and we can have more connection. The course I'm talking about is going to be made available to purchase, as I said, as an online course that you can take in your own time. It's an online product. I aim to release it in July in time for the summer holidays. I will also most likely be running the course again in lifetime come September. And if you would like some more bespoke and some more personal support around your particular parenting concerns and struggles, 
You are always welcome to contact me on mail at louise-brooks.com or find me on social media. My social media handles are to be found in this podcast. And until we meet again, I really urge you to get curious, not furious, and trust that when you do, there's always more than what meets the eye and it always gets you a little bit further. Until we connect again, take good care.